This podcast is brought to you by the nonprofit Fairy Tales Dog Rescue based here in San Francisco. And I'm Tiffany. And I'm Louise. Follow us down the rescue road. F A I R Y T A I L S. How are you, Louise? Oh, it's going. <laughs> you just moved and you have a hernia. I do. I, I just got a new apartment and with the in the midst of packing and carrying my new dog, Puck, who just busted his knee. He tore an ACL. So I've been carrying him outside to pee and it's just been a lot of packing and carrying stuff. So I busted a hernia too. Hernia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got some broken people and broken dogs, but not broken minds here. We're doing well with our mindset, right? Yes. I think so. Yes, we got the spirit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Tiffany? I am doing much better than I have. I've had a broken heart and was dealing with a very bad situation. Um, but I'm doing much better now and I'm growing and stronger, getting stronger and um looking forward to my new life. Yeah, life just keeps renewing itself because we keep growing. And and so does Fairy Tales Dog Rescue. We're actually gaining more listeners, so we're so grateful to all of you who are listening and especially today because we need to talk. We do. I know this is something very dear to your heart for many reasons and I think you have a lot to say about what we're going to talk about. What are we going to talk about today, Lou? We are going to talk about the buzz that's been going on about e-callers. So tell us what e-callers are. Yeah, people usually tend to know the word shock callers. And that is not the term that should be used for e-callers. Shock callers is an old invention, like from decades ago now. And uh, it was very different when it came out. And it's been progressing in its technology and the use of it and the training and the methods so it's not at all the same the e-collar is a very modern invention based on the former shock collar so it's very much improved but in order to explain to someone who doesn't know what an e-collar is uh, I, I would want to you know grab it from the idea of the shock collar so it's basically an electronic collar that will send a correction to your dog's neck when they're doing something they're not supposed to. When you're asking them to do something and they're not obeying or want to do what you ask them to do, either because they just don't want to, but also because they have their instincts or they're overcome by fear or stress and they can't connect with you. And um, so... It's a very hot topic right now because the cities of San Francisco and New York City, uh, both of these cities have received suggestions to ban the e-callers. Interesting, because I know that you've had an amazing experience with e-callers with Journey. And this essentially is a life-saving tool um, for dogs like Journey and I think that there's just seem there must be a lot of misinformation because I know that the word shock collar is what people are thinking and they're thinking of it's hurting the dog and that's not the case anymore, right? Yes and no. Of course, it, it, there is pain inflicted when it, they get the vibration or, or the little buzz that comes from the e-collar. Uh, there's definitely pain inflicted in it. Uh, but when people who are against the e-collar you know, you you will say, don't hurt your dog. And it's so easy to agree with that, right? right I mean, right. we don't want to hurt our dogs. Nobody wants to put pain on our dogs. I mean, that's not what it is about. But I will say that Journey was in a lot more pain mentally uh, before he had the e-collar. Because let me tell you about my own experience, and then we can branch out from there. Um, so Journey, as you know, is our mascot pit bull here in Fairy Tales Dog Rescue. He's an ambassador for pit bulls who are suffering the most in the shelters. So he is uh, very much an iconic pit bull in that sense that he came from a really bad breeder in San Jose. And he got out on the streets roaming by himself and got picked up, put in the shelter uh, where he was jumping 
on people so he did not pass the adoption test uh, because he was just too much of a force of an energy for them to say that he can be adopted out and uh, so he got on the kill list and um, this was right around the time when we got our 501c3 and we went and rescued him. <laughs> yep, our very first rescue was the rambunctious, wild man, loving, lovable German. Yeah, and so when he first started out, he was uh, about two years old, we think, and he had missed out on socialization <laughs> completely. Yep, our he hadn't had many good relationships, if any, with humans, and he hadn't had any relationships with dogs. And, you know... This is the thing. This is why it's, it's you know, the e-callers can save dogs' lives, save their life from being euthanized, because this is a solution and not a problem. Exactly. Because Journey, he had to be rehabilitated and trained to be able to peacefully be with other dogs and be with humans without jumping on them without, you know, wanting to... He didn't bite humans, but he, he would want to, you know, like hold your arm in his mouth and, you know, things that can be conceived as right. biting. And, of course, we don't want dog teeth to ever touch uh, human skin. So in that sense, you know, he, he was really at a loss in his behavior. And uh, uh, I did successfully train and rehabilitate him to a point Mm -hmm. I could get him to be with some dogs, like he could go with me in the pack. I'm a dog walker. And he could be with our rescue dogs. He could be with some really controlled situations. But he could not go off leash when we were outside. So he is this hyper-energetic pit bull who could not get dynamic exercise. He could not go out and experience the world. He could not experience nature on his own without me being right there on a leash with him. And now he can go out and meet other dogs. He can socialize, meet new friends, humans and dogs. And he can learn what not to do in order to feel safe. He can also learn that before when he would go into attack... This was his brain's way of not knowing if he was safe or not and thinking, I better defend myself before something happens mm -hmm. because otherwise I'm going to get killed. And he was in such high stress mode that he could not be reached and taught that, hey, hold on a minute, buddy. You are not under attack. Do not attack before anything even has happened, dude. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Journey in action. And it's like he's a, you know, he, if I if he I doesn't have an e-caller, then he can't live as happy of a life as he is now. So we really need to get this information out. And I feel like Journey is finally, you know, really having more enjoyment in his life because he's getting more freedom and he's learning and he knows his boundaries. And enjoy that contributes to the e-caller. Um, so why is all of this misinformation going on right now? Like, I don't understand if they're, if the e-collar has changed, it's not what, and it's, and it's helping not only the dogs, but for the people who are around these dogs so that they're safer too. And this is a positive. So I don't, I'm confused of why this is becoming such a thing. Well, the main idea is of course that it's considered inhumane because you are inflicting pain on the dog with the e-collar of course they're uncomfortable using it if they get bust however i think there is a big thing here that it makes it it's so difficult because i agree with a lot of people that there can be a lot of negative effects on the e-collar if it's used in the wrong way and if it's used on a dog that is you know too sensitive that shouldn't have this training because dogs are just like humans they're unique every individual like Tiffany, if you have a problem, you might need to do one sort of therapy and I need to do cognitive therapy mm -hmm. or you need to exercise more in order to have your mental health. Like we all need different right. solutions. Someone needs medication. We all need different treatments to our own behavior and wellness and so on. And same is with dogs. So no, the e-collar is not for everyone. Number two, it needs to be used in a spe special way. You can't just be a person and put on the e-collar and say, whenever my dog does something I don't like, I'm going to bust him. 
because that's not going to work. No, you're going to create fear in the dog. The dog can associate to the wrong things and you will not get the results you're looking for. So it's so important that if you're getting an e-collar for your dog, you have to go through a trainer. You have to go through a professional dog trainer that is certified to work with this equipment and will take you through the training step by step. Do not go out and buy an e-collar on your own and put it on your dog and do that because that's going to be very bad result for your dog. You, your dog's going to be unhappy if you use it the wrong way. And it can also mean that your dog is going to be dangerous, even more dangerous. It can give the opposite result of what you want. So it's a very sensitive tool to work mm. with. And this is where the problem is that people are going out and getting e-collars and think that they can do it themselves and they don't understand how to use it. We're not going to dedicate this episode to explain how to use it. Right, right. Because we want you to go to a professional and, and get the training yourself. Well, but, yeah. I mean, this is this is just reminds me of how everything works. Unfortunately, it seems like laws are made without proper rules or guidelines because why not it just be just that it goes with training you can you have the e-collar but they are you when you purchase it you sign up for the training that's part of the the law instead of just banning it all together because there's so many more things that are more dangerous to dogs like breeding backyard breeding that should be more on the issue than the e-collar so that's more abuse these puppy mills there's i mean the list goes on they're being euthanized daily and people are still buying dogs so it just makes me mad because there's there's this there's a bigger picture here and it's focused on the wrong thing in the wrong way. Absolutely. If we're going to talk about herding dogs or creating dangerous dogs, we need to go back to the core issue here, which is that for every dog, there is a responsible human being who is responsible for that yes. dog. I mean, I don't mean that they are responsible. I mean, they are responsible for that dog. For every dog, there is a human that is responsible for them. So if a dog has developed a dangerous behavior or is not trained specifically for either recall or being safe in social situations, that comes down to the person. So even if you decide to euthanize this dog, this person is just going to go out and get another uh. dog. The problem still persists. It's not a solution to euthanize the dog. But should we euthanize the people? Perhaps. <laughs> well, you know, this just always gets me so frustrated because then I think, wow, really people, humans are really stupid because this is like a no-brainer. Like you don't just put out these well, restrictions without really looking at the big picture and thinking about the way to do it correctly. And we need to be make humans more responsible. That's the problem. We're dealing with humans, and right now, people, I, you know, I'm I'm not I'm I right now I'm really frustrated with people for many reasons. I'm not going to go into, but the problem we have is the people and people and I, I they're just, they and I don't mean to offend anyone, but people are really they suck in a lot of ways. Not of course our listeners, because you're listening to this because you're one of the good people. But I'm just saying is like, it gets so frustrating. It's just, we can't, you you can't control the masses, but it's putting in the wrong energy in the wrong place. Yeah, but I do feel for these people who are against the e-callers because I feel that they uh, lack experience or they only have experience of people who have used the e-collar without a trainer and I mean these people are looking out for the dogs they're saying hey don't hurt the dogs like they are the friends of the dogs like they they mean well they're they're not bad people at all you know it's just misplaced misplaced I get what they're saying but what I'm saying is don't ban the e-collar because of people using it wrong. Demand that it's regulated instead. You need a permit to use a, uh, an e-collar. You need a trainer who says this dog is a good candidate for the e-collar mm-hmm. and so on. I mean, yeah. uh, people who are advocating against the e-collar are saying that all behaviors in dogs can be trained by positive association. And if you say that oh, no, my dog doesn't react uh, when I try to give them treats instead. You know, that instead of using uh, uh, the e-collar, you should just add treats or remove treats in order to show them what behavior you want from the dog. 
And uh, there are so many people who have dogs who do not respond to this at all. Like Journey, for example. I could only get him to a certain level uh, with the treats. I mean, I was walking around with steaks in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> like chicken wings the and everything. Stuff, yeah. I was like walking around yeah. with New York steaks in my pocket, just shoving them in his mouth, oh you know, when I wanted him to like focus in another direction. But the it, you know and French cheese. Oh like, my god! He and if that doesn't do it, yeah. you know that you're. You but know. these people are saying, "Oh, you just haven't found the right treat." And no, and that's clearly I mean, not the case. If, if true, there are a lot of dogs. If not most dogs, will respond to a positive association training. It works really yeah. well, but it's not for every dog. And you know what? Positive association training is not for every human either. So it makes sense that it doesn't work for all dogs too. Because if you have been unsocialized or traumatized to a certain extent, then there is no treat in the world that is going to take that fear away. You're going to need something stronger, it's a stronger direction. Yeah, no, I mean, there is not one size fits all. But, you know, this brings to me into another question. So if they're going after the e-collar, what about those pronged collars? Yeah, that's another good argument because so people, if you don't know what prong collar is, is this metal collar you can see on a dog? It's kind of like chain linked, but on the inside it has metal spikes. So when the dog will pull on it, it will, the spikes will go into the neck and that will hurt and, you know, strangle them a bit. And it's commonly used for, for dogs who will launch and attack or pull on the leash and if it's uh, specifically if it's a really large dog that you can't control when you have them on the leash because they're just too big and strong for you uh, so a lot of people use the prong collar and this is the same idea then like why aren't they going after the pr- people who use prong collars because it's the same it's the same so so that's not part of this whole initiative yeah, I mean, and even if you think about it, prong collars would be considered even more inhumane because we actually have the police using electric tasers <laughs> on humans when we do bad things, mm-hmm. you know, and they we don't listen to the police and they have to go after us. They tase us. But that's not considered inhumane, is it? Right. That's t- And it's necessary. And we do it on humans and we're totally okay with that. And we know that these criminals might be our children, might be our children's friends one day who, you know, get in trouble with drugs or the law or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. reason they run from the police and they're going to get tased. Nobody's making a fuss about no. that because we need to keep these people controlled and we need to, you know, keep people safe from them right. if they, they can't control their behaviors. But that's the same thing, right? Plus, we use electronic fences for cattle all right. the time. It just, the list goes on. So there's clearly, you know, some hypocrisy here. Yeah, it's just not that simple. When you say don't use e-collars because it's inhumane, because it hurts, the discussion is not that simple. It's not that black and white. There's so many more yeah. things to take into effect. I mean, Journey's life at, before and after the e-collar training has been life-changing. Mm-hmm. He has such a happier life right now. He is getting the exercise he needs. He is getting the mental stimulation that he needs. He's getting, he's learning new things every day because he gets to have interactions with both people and nature and dogs and all the animals yeah. within it. He has such a rich life and that he didn't have before. And it's not only his mental wellness. A dog who is hyper-energetic doesn't get the full physical dynamic exercise that they need every day that is also detrimental to their physical health so that's inhumane too i think the if someone's intentions are good um it's just they just need guidance and so maybe like you said it just needs to be regulated um so is there a lot of people really behind this law like what's going to happen do you think is it more pro or Well, the SPCA, which is a a big organization, you all know it. I don't think I need to explain it. Yeah, Uh, yeah. the SPCA is against it, Mm -hmm. and they're supporting that the the e-callers will be banned. And I understand that they do that because SPCA will adopt out dogs to anyone. They don't screen their uh, people who adopt dogs like we do in the rescue business, all the Mm -hmm. nonprofit organizations that are not 
ASPCA and, and so on. But And I understand the shelters, too. They're overflowing with dogs. Yeah. So if somebody comes and gets a dog, they're happy to give them a dog. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I, I do. But in that sense, you are going to have people who get a dog and will treat them inhumanely. This is why it, you go to the source. You've got to get more regulation on who adopts dogs, who's breeding dogs, who is be- doing... I, I, I mean, because the breeders don't screen either. And especially breeders who are breeding the bigger dogs that have more energy, (coughs) that tend to be candidates for e-collars, they should be regulating how they're breeding and how they're adopting them out or selling them or whatever. Because most rescues do have a screening process, but the breeders do not. You got your money, here's your dog. Yeah, that's how that works. So in that world we live in, I can understand that SPCA says, let's not do the e-callers because they know that they're adopting out dogs to people who are going to just buy an e-caller on Amazon or whatever uh, online uh, in a pet store and just go and think like, oh, I get how this works. I'm just going to put on the e-caller on my dog and I'll just bust him when he does something I don't like, right? That's how that works. No, 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 no. no. That is not how the e-collar works. Okay, well then my question is, this would make sense if for those who sell e-collars, when you purchase them, you have to purchase the training. Yeah, you should only be allowed to buy them from the trainers that are certified. Right, that's a simple solution. Right. Like how come, that's why I always get frustrated because I'm like, why why is that, like how come no one's talking about that? Don't they pose these questions? Aren't they having this dialogue and... I mean, is this how, this is why I sometimes I just feel like I'm in the twilight zone and in how this world works because nothing really makes sense anymore. Yeah. Like I said before, I want to bring it back to that people who are against e-callers and people who are for it, it, we are all in the same boat here. We all want what's best for the dogs. Yep. I met one of these people one morning Mm. um, who does not use the e-collar as it was uh, meant to be used. And, you know, I was walking journey down on 24th Street early one morning and there was this man. He was out with his three kids. Me and Journey walk by and he sees um, that um, I I have the e-collar remote. And he's like, oh, are you using the e-collar on your dog? And I said, yeah. Uh, And he's like, oh, your dog is so cute, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I stand there and, and chat a little bit with him and his kids. And uh, and um, and I said, yeah, it's working really well. And I'm like, have, have you used it? Like, since he recognized the yeah. remote. He said, yeah, I used it on my dog. I'm like, oh, well, oh, how did it go? He's like, oh, it didn't work at all. Do you, do, and then he asked me, like, do you uh, pull it up to the, the strongest uh, degree, like, yeah, you know, uh-huh. of, of the bus? I'm like, no, no, I never had to. Like, mm. no, never had to. And he's like, oh. And then um, I asked him, uh, and I, by the way, I told him uh, uh, that I just keep it on the lower because it's all they need. He just needs a little bit of direction yeah. in order to know what is safe and what I want him to do so he can trust me to make the right decisions to keep him safe and happy. And so uh, I asked him, like, well, did you go through a trainer when you had the, the e-collar? He said, oh, no, 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 those are expensive, no. <laughs> What kind of dog did he have? Oh, he didn't have his dog with oh, him, okay. so I didn't ask. Uh, but uh, yeah, he said, he, you know, his, his dog was very aggressive, very dangerous, and that the e-collar didn't work at all because he didn't want to spend his time and money on using it properly. And then he just gave it up. And now he's one of these people who says, oh, e-collars are bad for your dog. Interesting. I, did, I wonder where, where the dog is now. Did he give up on the dog too? I bet he gave up on the dog too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He said it's too expensive, but like, did he purchase this dog? He probably did. Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, you have three kids. I mean, talk about expenses. Right, right. What about your fourth kid? If you, you shouldn't have got the dog if you weren't really to invest in the dog too. Yeah, I mean, people have kids and dogs all the time without being able to afford it. And I mean, that's why we are in this situation right now with the shelters just mm-hmm. busting at the seams. They're busting at the seams because, yes, the recession, there is a recession or, or starting one or things are getting very expensive for people. And it's really, really sad because the dogs are the first to suffer um, because, you know, you're not going to give up your children. <laughs> But your animals are your children too. I would never give up my children. But, you know, I mean, people look at them as property. Yeah, but I, I want to be understanding too that, you know, yeah, I think it's uh, something that comes 
it's interesting that it comes right after COVID uh, because first we had the, uh, the pandemic and everybody uh, got adopted. And then after the pandemic, a lot of dogs were returned because people were going back to work. And then we have the recession and we had all these people, uh, the lower income, the really poor families who lost a lot of money with the recession and they're even poorer now and they're worrying about how to feed their kids. And, you know, they're not dropping off their dogs at the shelter because they don't care. It's because they're so worried about paying rent and for food. Yeah. So that's just really sad. It's really sad. I know. I'm worried because I feel like um, we haven't hit the tipping point yet and you know the shelters are already full yeah it's so sad to see it um but you know we're here and we're putting out a plus in the world we're doing what we can we're rescuing the dogs we can and we're spreading the word and we're trying to make more people adopt a rescue dog instead of going to breeders where they're pumping out new dogs while the shelters are killing over a million dogs every year And, you know, this year is coming to an end and I have a fear that we are hitting another record of how many dogs have been euthanized in America. I mean, we've been taking steps back ever since the end of the pandemic. We've been doing so good with, with, you know, decreasing the amount of dogs we've been euthanizing every year. We've been doing so good up until post-pandemic. We've been increasing how many dogs we kill. So... I mean, it's, we're going in the wrong direction here, people. Well, let's just hope that that it will take the breeders out of business if people aren't adopting, or I mean, are buying dogs right now. I don't know. Um, but it's really not the way to do it. We need, we just need regulation, legislation. We need to protect the dogs. I mean, they're domesticated. They're in our hands, in our responsibility. It's just so sad that we're doing this to them yeah and there's you know a lot most people are animal lovers you know most people love dogs and you know there's just a there's there is a lot of uh humans out there who advocate for dogs and um but it's still at the point where it's not enough and i know that everyone's got a lot of big problems to deal and this is our fight you know we chose to fight for our, our beloved animals um that we love dearly and they're our companions and, you know, and they mean so much to us in our lives. So this is our fight. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I, I just feel like that as a, as a as humans, we need to just start doing more of the right thing and we're just not there. And I, I still go back to the basics of we, we should not be pumping out any more dogs until we have a control of the the amount of dogs we have and I just don't understand why it's still legal and I did talk to someone about this before and you know about who is a lawyer and it goes back to the and this is thing it's antiquated it goes back to the old days of farming and having you know the right to have or thrive have a business or have um, an ability to make money um, by utilizing animals for that yeah, and this is America where we're not yet recognizing animals as individuals with rights. I mean, we, we've done, you know, some progress for sure. We removed the cages in California and we have better standards for pigs and chickens. And I mean, there's new laws. I mean, listen to uh, a year ago when um, the New Year's episode we had when we were going through all the legislation that was passed in America for the welfare of animals. It, we're doing some really good things, but we're still at a point where even a con- country such as Turkey has better animal laws than America. Like in Turkey, you will go to jail if you hurt an animal, just as if you would hurt a, a human being. It, you go to jail. Here in America, it's, an, a dog is considered property. It's not like you hurt an individual. So it's, they don't have rights. I mean, that's what it's also about. And if you want legislation or regulation, it's about lobbying. Somebody got to throw money on this issue. Yeah. You know, you're not getting legislation without throwing money at it. And we don't have that money in the the rescue world because all that money is going through like maintaining uh, the the shelter situation. Like we we need more money that to go through lobbying and to, to create legislation to put, put demands on breeders. And you, you know, just like if you go out 
uh, hunting, you know. Uh, we have authorities that oversee the population of deers and all the other animals, that the moose and such that you hunt, to make sure that we don't kill them all, right? Right. Like we need to regulate the population of these animals. But nobody is overseeing the population of dogs. We're just letting the breeders pump out because they have the right to make money. They have the right to make a business. And the puppy mills is disgusting the way they make money and just throw away lives and make dogs miserable they make them suffer and they adopt them out to they no they don't adopt them out they sell them to anybody who has money they don't care if these people know anything about having a dog it's just all about the money ah oh, that's so true it's the greed it's all about greed i um i know sometimes i do get really overwhelmed by this and feel it's futile um, because I, I can't even grasp how much is still happening out there in the puppy mill situation and dog fighting and all of that. It's still such a huge issue. Um, but like you said, Louise, we have made progress and there's still hope for humanity to do the right thing. Um, and that's why we do this podcast to create more information out there and for you to spread the word to your friends and family and coworkers and neighbors and anyone you pass by because we have to keep talking about this. It's still the most educated people I meet still are doing the wrong thing. They're still buying from breeders and puppy mills and whatnot. And you're thinking, this person's college educated. What's going on here? Yeah. Exactly. So we need to keep talking about this. So if you're listening, you are such an important part of this evolution. Well, we do have some good news. Yeah. I came across, and it's actually probably, it's, it's, on, it's on national news, an airplane carrying, oh gosh, how many dogs was it? <gasps> I was like, oh, it was like, I don't know, it was like 30 dogs or more. Oh, let's look at it. I don't have my glasses, so you have to pull it. I will pull it up. <laughs> so Louise is going to look up um, how many dogs it was. But in, uh, pilots who volunteer themselves uh, to fly dogs in need of homes to other states where they have more space um, were flying a plane of dogs and they crashed and everyone survived. Yeah, how amazing and horrible is that at the same time? I know. And it's like... I was just like so happy to hear that they survived. Everyone survived. I mean, there were some injuries, but everybody survived. And you know what? It just also creates awareness about what's happening because that hit national news. People are like, you think would be like, wow, they're flying dogs because, you know, there's so many dogs here and there's dogs available here and there. And that maybe it creates awareness. I found it here. You sent it to me. It's on HuffPost. Okay, I'm reading, quote, an airplane carrying 53 dogs went down over a Wisconsin golf course this week, but all canines and humans who were aboard are now safe, unquote. Mm. And you know what? I bet that those dogs will get adopted just because they're, that just sort of creates like, I got one of the survivor dogs from the airplane. Exactly. Oh, Oh, these dogs. And you know, the things they've been through and then go through a plane (laughs) crash. They're just like, okay, they're just have no clue what's going on. They're just like going through the motions, being in cages, crashing. And now they're somewhere else. They're just like, what the... And did you look at their faces? There's so many. They're so freaking cute. They're all oh different kinds of dogs. So they're, they're just so, so beautiful. Cute. Mm. They're so cute. And thanks to those two pilots who do this, you know, pilots who volunteer their time in their airplanes to transport these pups. You know, it also says that some of the fire responders who, who you know, came to the accident, the scene of the accident, rescued some of the dogs too, like they adopted them. Oh, I love that. It's like, that's just meant to be. These Mm. dogs were meant to find homes. Like, there's no way they were rescued like from this plane crash without having a path in their life. Mm-hmm. I think it's a blessing in disguise and it does create awareness. And that's, we just got to keep 
having more awareness so people do the right thing and people who have money can also lobby or support legislation or or put their money where their mouth is and help the cause. So um, I'm not going to give up hope, even though my I, I wish it was happening now. I I would I I can't. It's hard for me to to even think about all the suffering that goes on in the world. Um, I guess you would say I'm an empath, but that is part of my curse and blessing. I feel you, Tiffany. Mm-hmm. I know you do. Oh my gosh. Well, we had a also some good news. We have we were able to pull a couple of dogs and one was wizard oh yes one was wizard 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 was a funny little guy he uh, was very young dog looked like a miniature golden retriever he was super cute and he is now adopted into the perfect home living in felton california in like near santa cruz oh right that was the person we were both saying Uh, like can you adopt us too? <laughs> yes. They have acres of land. They go on camping trips. They have an RV. That dog is me living the life. So good for you, wizard. Oh, yes. And then there's Beyonce. Beyonce. Is he, is he, okay, tell us about Beyonce. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Beyonce was, uh, uh, she is fostered by uh, my assistant uh, in my dog walking company. And I mean, so so he is an uh a senior who lost his dog recently. He always had dogs. And, and then he was worried, like, am I getting too old to have a dog? And I'm like, no, you're not old. Like, you're not too old to have a dog. Like, he's in yeah. his 70s. Like, you got time to live. Yeah. And also, but, but, you know, if you're in that age and getting a dog, just, you know, set up to make sure that you have a person in your life who is willing to take your dog yes. if something were to happen to you. And then he, you know, looked around his friend circle and he realized that he had more than one person who said, I will take care of your dog if you would pass prematurely. Mm. Uh, And so, you know, he he finally, like, he was so excited because he needs a dog. He needed someone. He's, you know, he... So he's like, yeah, I'll foster for fairy tales. And he always had these big dogs. But then he was like, I'll, I'll take a little dog. I'll try a little dog. And, you know, so he got Beyonce, who is... <laughs> Not so much a little dog in any sense. Oh, really? No. <laughs> she has a lot of fight and bite in her. <laughs> oh, I did not know this. Oh, oh little, yeah. She's she, spicy. I love, well, Beyonce is a perfect yeah, name for Yeah, her. it's the perfect name. We love it. I mean, usually we change the names. We always yeah. tell you this to fairy tale names. But Beyonce, we could not. And, <laughs> you know, so, you know, Robert will leave uh, the, the, like, a music station on for her, like, you know, if he has to go somewhere so that she has some sound, you know, yeah. to, to drown out the, the sound from other apartments or yeah. traffic outside. And, you know, whenever Beyonce comes on, they're like, ooh, 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 <laughs> they're, like, dancing together. Aww. They get so excited. And But, yeah, anyway, I knew from the beginning, like, you know, let's not even put this dog on the market because I knew he was going to fall yeah. in love with her. And sure enough, he did. Oh, good. Because yeah. she was adorable. She's yeah. a cute, yeah. cute little one. Yeah. Oh, and she's, oh, I miss her. I want to see, so she goes on the walks with you all? Oh, yeah, she, she comes on the morning walks. She's in the morning pack. The second pack is a little rougher. He oh. doesn't dare to bring her. He's so protective of her. Yeah. I'm like, she can handle it. And he's like, oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> her baby, his baby. Exactly. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, so Beyonce and Robert are living it up. Yeah. But, but speaking of that, um, remember um, uh, the, the vet we work with? They're, they're yeah. changing vets and ownerships and all that. So like we're waiting forever to have her spayed. Did you check oh, with yes. the shelter if she could get spayed there instead? Yeah, so I got to reach. So she, um, yes, yeah, so they said from now on that they can spay and neuter all of our dogs. Apparently a lot of their rescues are having the same challenge. Oh. So, um, yeah, so we can bring her. I got to uh, reach out to, I'll reach out to our partner there to get that set up. But yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's getting really anxious to get yeah. her spayed. And uh, it's like, and we haven't heard anything new from our No, vet. I mean, I called them this week and they're still said, oh, a couple of weeks. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. It's been four weeks. Couple yeah. weeks. Four more, six more weeks. Couple weeks. A shortage of vets. It is. It's The vets business is really hard. And as a rescue, we're really relying on them because, um, you know, if you're getting your dog spayed or neutered as a private person, if you're buying your dog from a breeder, then vetting or spaying is about $1,000 in San Francisco. And uh, obviously, we are a nonprofit organization. We cannot afford that. No. And so we are really relying on their generosity and their good hearts. And we're working with Animal Farm uh, Vet Hospital in san francisco and they're they're really 
kind place. Mm-hmm. Like they've been giving us a great deal uh, on neutering and spaying our dogs uh, because they know that we're doing something really good here and they want to be a part of it. Uh, but but right now they're you know doing their own thing. They're going through changes, so we have to wait getting our dogs neutered and spayed. And you know a dog who isn't spayed and neutered is being limited uh, in the sense that they cannot socialize yeah. as much. You know, obviously, especially if you're a woman, you don't want to get knocked up. Yeah. Uh, so you know he's really excited to get her off leash and all that but yeah. he doesn't want some dog to pregnant her you know absolutely so, yeah so yeah, can, can you yes. call them asap yes i will not forget to do that because he will drive all and, the way yeah. out there yeah yeah and there yeah so i'll reach out to them um so we did get you know we're 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 short on fosters and it's been yeah. hard getting fosters so we've been doing it ourselves and so and it's really hard on both of us um all to do it all the time because we have you know our full-time jobs we have our own dogs and um we you know so if you wherever you are please if you're here in San Francisco please reach out to us we would love more fosters or wherever you are, foster wherever you are. It's a great service and something you can add a plus to the world. Yeah, wherever you are, you are needed. It doesn't matter if you're in San Francisco Bay Area. It, like if you are in Brazil, if you are in Spain, if you are in Sweden, if you are in Wisconsin, like you are very much needed to foster because it's the same situation all over. Like there's too many dogs being euthanized. Yeah. And there's so many great dogs in the shelters. Like. Go foster, save a life. Yeah. So, uh, so have you sent me the pull list yet uh, for for this week? Because I, I actually not. am ready to get another foster. Really? Mm. But what about your hernia? Oh yeah, I have a hernia. <laughs> but I mean, how can I compare to somebody dying? And I mean, well, I'll, that's the thing. I'll, I'll get a little the easy one. dog. Yeah, exactly. some little I'll easy. I'll get an easy one because you know, Puck also, you know, he's home all day alone. Oh right, maybe a yeah. He needs company, you know, because he tore his ACL. He can't come with me on dog walks when I'm dog walking all day. I mean, I come home to take him out to pee. Obviously, yeah. don't worry, people. He's like being humanely cared for, but he's bored. Because of the move, I, uh, you know, I'm being busy with all that. I haven't been able to foster these last couple of weeks. But now now I'm all moved in. And yes, I have a hernia. But give me a chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle a few pounds. <laughs> and Puck will, you know, love the company. And that dog will love being alive. So it's yeah. a win, win, win. I will forward you that pull list. I haven't been. I haven't been. I haven't been because, you know. I mean, I know. I told you to hold it. Yeah. I, I said I'm but moving. I, will. I don't even want to see those sad faces because I have to say no right now. Yeah. You know. Uh, but but now it's now I'm saying yes. All but right. but you know I'm uh, going in for surgery and uh, you know I'm traveling to trapping. Sweden for yeah. Christmas for the first time in I don't know how many years, seven years. Well, we have time for that. Yeah, but my question is, uh, if the dog doesn't get adopted, will you be able to yeah, take him so over see. Christmas? Yeah. So that means yeah. So if we maybe we just get one. Well, yeah. Let's look at our list and let's see. So there's a, never a shortage of dogs there's always one in need so yes we will be definitely having fosters and the good news is that people are still adopting we don't get as many applications we did during the pandemic but we still get good applications and um people who still are doing the right thing and choosing adoption over buying a dog and i always thank people for choosing adoption yeah yeah and if you want to foster for fairy tales go to our website dot 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 fairytalesdogrescue.com and you know we spell fairy tales as dog tale not the story so it's f-a-i-r-y-t-a-i-l-s dogrescue.com fairytalesdogrescue.com go and foster or in the spirit of thanksgiving donate yes it goes to good causes it's going to help us with getting euthanized you uh. It's going to help us to euthanize? <laughs> what are you? Spay and neuter. God. Help to spay and neuter and help with any other health care issues that they have, their care, and everything else that goes along with taking care of a dog. It's not easy. We need your help. You want to do some good in the world. We are at your service. And you know what? Um, I also want to give you a pro tip here because I just moved. And uh, I moved into a building where they have a dog rent. 
And I just adopted another dog, by the way. That's also a story. Um, I, I'm a dog walker, and there's this dog, Puck, that I've had in my pack. Puck in the pack. Yeah. I had Puck in the pack uh, for as long as I can remember, like from day number one. And we've always been best friends. And his mom was elderly. And I walked in one day to pick him up, and I found that his mom had left her body. And, uh, you know, so Puck has been through a lot. Puck lost his mommy and his mommy put Louise in her, in her, and his, in her, wait, in her will, in her will, sorry. And, you know, and um, Puck has been part of Louise's pack for a long time. And he's a special guy. We, we, he's our, he's our, our bear. He's our, I mean, the, I'm talking about the gay, in the gay world, bear. Oh, a yeah. bear. He's our bear. You know, he's a bear in, in the he's gay world. He's a bear. bear. He's yeah. such a bear. He'd be at a gay bar man. at the bear bar, you know, with a, the hairy chest man. And <laughs> that's what he would be at. Yeah. And journey's and So jealous. anyway, so now I have two dogs and this place I moved into has a dog rent and it's very reasonable. I'll give them that. It's $35 per dog. Uh, so it's uh, 70 bucks extra per month. I'm like, okay, that's manageable. Uh, but it's also, you know, if you add that on every month, every year, like that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They don't give you extra rent for popping out kits or, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and then you say, well, oh, dogs wear and tear on the premises. And I'm so like, do kids. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, kids way kids. worse. Exactly. It's, you know, because... Always, when I've rented, I've had one, I had dogs of my own, but I'm also in the rescue business. I had tons of rescue Mm -hmm. dogs coming through my apartment, living in my apartment, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, unbehaved, like crazy, stressed out dogs. And I also have a dog business, so I have client dogs boarding. I have a lot of dog traffic in my apartments. Every apartment I left, I got the full deposit back. There you go. So that just says a lot about the wear and tear that dog causes on the apartment. So I think this dog rent thing is really just another way for landlords to get your money. It has nothing to yeah. do with... It's, it's just discrimination is what it that is. It is. It so is. So I was talking to my friend Morgan about this, uh, you know, just mentioning that, you know, oh, I'll, be, I'll be paying 70 bucks extra a month now because of the dog rent and I have two dogs. And she's like, hey, Louise, like, you're, you're in the dog biz. Like, you know this. Like, duh. And I'm like, what? She's like, get your dogs certified as emotional support animals, and they don't have the right to charge you rent. There you go. And, and, and you know what? This is what everyone should do because they are emotional support. They, they are. are. They are. I mean, it's not even a lie. It's not me trying to go no, around the system. God, like, no, They it's, are my emotional support. They absolutely are. Yeah. So I, I went online. I found this uh, company called Petable. Oh. Petable. Petable. I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there are other of them too. There's several of them. And where you just sign up. And you get a session with a therapist and you tell them your situation, you know, like how anxious and depressed uh, yeah. and like all the things I've been going through and how my dogs have been helping me with, with these situations. And she's like, yeah, they qualify. They they are your emotional support. And she's typing up that Thank letter you. right now as we speak that I'm going to hand over to the landlord. And once the, my dogs are certified... That means they are not allowed to charge rent. Good. Yay. Please do not uh, uh, be discouraged if you're going out there and looking for apartments and you have a dog. And if they have a pet fee, do not dis- be in despair because there is a solution. My sister got one too. She got an emotional support. She doesn't have a dog, but she she did it because she was thinking that she would like to have a dog. In the future, if oh, she nice. has the right, you know, job for it, she's trying to change her job situation, and so she she has it ready to go. And you know, it's like this is this. We'd have to keep doing this. We have to keep. There, there is no way that we have to stand down to these bullshit rules and ripoffs. And it's, it's discrimination. Discrimination. It's ripoffs. Yeah, that's all it is. It, it's not reasonable. Well, that is another good news today. Yeah. So we just want to remind you, y'all, that you can do this. And it's not only about the dog rent per se. I mean, Journey is a pit bull. 
Luckily, this apartment complex doesn't have breed restrictions, but most places do. They do. I know. It is. And that is racism, pure mm-hmm. racism, because there is no science to back the, the fact that, you know, some breeds would be yeah. more aggressive than others. There's no science behind it because you have to recognize every individual dog. Every dog in every yeah. in these breeds on the aggressive breed list is not aggressive. I am a dog walker. I'm a rescue worker. I know this from personal experience. Yep, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's about the people in charge of them, not the dogs. So if anything, have human restrictions. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That's racism too. And that's, that in itself has become... Um, you know, th- there's there's things with that too, you know, and you can't put it on the dogs, but they should have like, yeah, personality tests or like, I don't know. It's all about not just doing a blanket discrimination. It's got to be about the individual. That's so right, Tiffany. Well, we just need to rule the world, you know. Sometimes I fear we are running out of dog songs. Oh, I got some more given to I me. I know, I know. Your guy friend gave John, them to you. Yeah, did he? Did I send them to you? No. Okay, I'll send those to you. Yeah, because we need to put one right here, y'all, because this is a wrap. It's a wrap. So give me a dog song, Tiffany. You got it, sister. Peace out. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.